0: It's a TX Water Polo Pod special, this week featuring Houston Hall, a member of St. Mark's first state championship team back in 1975. He went on to play at Harvard University, after which he returned to Dallas, where he was a founding member of Dallas Water Polo, maybe the state's most successful master's program. And now he sits on USA Water Polo's board of directors, giving Texas a direct presence at the heights of American water polo. Joe had a chance to speak with him last week, as we continue to look back on some of the foundational events in Texas water polo. Now, Houston Hall. Here we go. Houston, how are you doing?
1: Doing great, Joe. How are you?
0: I'm good. So, so, so today uh, we are with Houston Hall. So Houston is in, a, is in a very unique position. He played water polo back in the day, back in the 1970s with St. Mark's. And he also is involved um, highly with water now, now, uh, kind of currently up in North Texas and uh, nationally with USA Waterfall. So, and so I'm gonna, Houston has a long list, so I, it's gonna take me a sec to do the, all the introductions here. So, Houston played at St. Mark's, he graduated in, in 1978, he won a state championship in 1975, and in 1977, when he was all state team captain his senior year. And then he went off to go play at Harvard, kind of where he was all New England. He was captain and MVP his senior year, and he graduated in 82. And then he came back and played Masters Water Pole with Dallas Water Pole Club. He helped with the growth of the sport in North Texas. And he is currently on the USA Water Pole Board of Directors, and he helps with local clubs like Pegasus and like and uh, Thunder and such in North Texas. So, um, Houston, welcome.
1: Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you for taking the time. Are you, I mean, how are you doing during the whole COVID 19 stuff going on?
1: Well, like everybody else, I'm getting kind of antsy, but uh, let my hair grow out, try not to get too fat, and, um, you know, keep busy.
0: Are you being successful on the exercise kind of side of things? I no, know I'm not. I'm
1: not very, I'm not, I've not been very successful yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's okay. That's okay. Are you doing, have you picked up a new hobby or doing, anything fun during this whole time?
1: You know, it's been, the fun part has been having a bunch of my family staying, living with me, two of my daughters who are, uh, you know, kind of came home to shelter in place and one lives in New York and she's home working remotely. One uh, is at University of Virginia and uh, she came home for the last few months to finish up the semester. And so it's been fun seeing family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So now Hopefully you've been able to catch up a little bit on the best of Texas. The main, yeah, the main reason is because the 1975 St. Mark's team was represented there. So um, they didn't win the first round, but just tell me a little bit about that 1975
1: team. That, that team, I was a sophomore on that team, and um, I think I probably weighed about 130 pounds right there. <laughs> um, but we had some fantastic players we had a guy named Scott Phillips who was the only guy I've ever seen who could throw a water polo ball against the wall and, and pop it.
0: Oh geez. And, okay. uh, there you go.
1: Yeah, he later went on to play with, uh, for Fosdick at A and M. So he was a real water polo player. Um, then we had some people like Greg Krauss who was, you know, became a incredibly fast swimmer and would have made the 80 Olympics if we if we'd gone. Um, and he was just super fast. Um, so we had a combination of, you know, a few people that actually had been coached somewhere. And I think Scott Phillips had gotten coaching from Dennis Fosdick. Um, but the coach of the team at that, that year was an English teacher named Tim Shutt. And, um, so it was a kind of a combination And Texas water polo back then was, uh, really in its early stages. I mean, we had, uh, I don't think there was another team. There might have been one other high school that played water polo in North Texas. So every weekend we'd get in these big, you know, Ford vans. And our coach, you know, John Stutzman, who was also a calculus teacher, and our swim coach, Ken Merton, would drive, you know, a dozen boys down to Austin or San Antonio or Houston, and we'd stay wherever we could stay. remember one time, one tournament, we stayed at some – they opened up some gym that was going to be demolished and we stayed on the floor. <laughs> you know, we might stay in a hotel room.
0: You Everybody know, has budgets. Everybody has budgets. So there you yeah, go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, I've seen some pictures <laughs> and we were just, I'm sure it's very similar to what it's like now when you get uh, boys on the road. But um, you know, we had a good time. We had a really good time. I remember one time we stayed on Jim Yates, apartment floor. Jimmy, today now.
0: the man that is still playing, he is yeah. going to world nationals, everything. He's still yeah. the most fit player out there in, in the water. So you guys also won in 1977 when you were like the team captain and got all state. So what was the differences between us, yeah. like the 75 was, team? and the 75? I was
1: not the team captain, but I did get all state. And uh, so I'd say that team was a maybe not physically as good, um, but probably deeper. Um, by then we had, um, John Stutzman was the head coach, um, and Ken Merton was his assistant. Uh, Stutzman actually worked at it and learned a lot about water polo, and uh, was a pretty good coach. But you know, it was we were in pretty good condition. I'd say we were in very good condition. We had um, a really talented goalie, Peter Kraus, who was my best friend in, in high school. He was like six seven, and back then we played in our shallow deep pool at St. Mark's and. So in the shallow end, he was virtually unstoppable.
0: So so back then, did you have one of those big, huge goals in the shallow end? Yeah. Like like the wall goals. So like, like, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I remember playing on those back in the day. So Peter
1: could fill it up
0: and, and, uh,
1: and the only games we really had up at St. Mark's were, were we would have, uh, we'd play SMU a lot. We played their club team and we'd play outdoor in their 50 meter pool which was quite fun because by then Greg Krauss was at SMU. And so Greg and Peter could battle it out, but we'd always beat SMU. Um, I remember one time. It must have felt good. Yeah, it was fun. We had the Mexican junior national team come up to play us one time. And, uh, and we were shocked at how dirty they were. You know, we were these, you know, quote unquote, badasses from St. Mark's, right? Yeah. That's kind of a, kind of an, that's kind of a, Contradiction in terms, but um yeah those, those guys were small but vicious <laughs> <I don't remember. laughs> they
0: that still was, are yeah,
1: so yeah yeah, and they still are probably, but um we lost to those guys, uh, but we got you know the team was good, we had um, another my uh, the, the two captains were Peter Krauss and Sandy Watling, Sandy was a really good player, um, he could you know steal the ball, pass the ball shoot, you know he was in great shape. Uh, he he was a natural, and um, and I was kind of the guy that liked to shoot a lot, and some of them would go in. And um,
0: but did you like to play defense? That's the question.
1: Uh, I liked to play defense.
0: Okay, you know, good. I did
1: yeah, back then. The rules were different. We had the the flag, you know, deal where you had to if you fouled the whole three. If if anybody fouled the whole man three times in succession, you were ejected.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep
1: and um and so then and you had so, to switch
0: plays yeah, and stuff like that for in you had to switch so
1: you could get two fouls on the guy then you had to switch out oh,
0: yeah and
1: yeah. uh you know there was a lot of driving you know it, it seemed like there was more driving back then than there is now i think the players are and the, the big difference now is that the coaching is so much better and the players are so much better i mean it, you know, I, I was. It's amazing that the St. Mark seventy-five team made the top, the Sweet Sixteen in your tournament because, I don't think um, any of the teams that I played on could have you know, could have competed with the 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 St. Mark's teams of the last 10 years, for instance. I
0: think you're selling yourself short a little bit, Houston. And like and your team short. And plus the seventy five team was kind of like the that kind of represented the seventy five and this and the seventy seven team kind of combined a little bit.
1: Yeah, that team was good. That's that, that team was really good, that seventy five team. Um but you know you have to remember the competition where we thought it was really uh stout back then. I mean you know, Alamo Heights in the in the clear creek clear lake uh, we're really Lamarck, um, humble. Those were the teams that we uh, would always end up playing at state.
0: So, like that was a fall season back in the day, Yeah. and it's going to be a fall season starting for uh, UIL in fall twenty twenty one. But so every weekend, so like you drove down to San Antonio, or or you drove down to Houston, is is that how is that how it yeah. pretty much works? Almost
1: almost every weekend. And it wasn't a really long season, maybe a couple months. And, um, but yeah, we, we would make road trips literally every weekend because, and nobody ever came up to Dallas.
0: Come on. Like you never had a home game because, because I know me, I doesn't like to have home games now either, but
1: (laughs) I don't recall ever having those teams up to Dallas.
0: Okay. I I do remember this is a long time ago. I was a, I was what, a sixth or seventh grader. And I came up and played at a state championship for eighth grade and under at the St. Mark's pool from San Antonio. This was a little bit later. This was like in the early eighties, but yeah, that was a long time. Yeah.
1: Ago. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know there was middle school water polo in the eighties.
0: Apparently. Yeah. I just, uh, I mean, well, we I did, remember didn't taking have trip. It,
1: yeah. Cause I remember I was introduced to water polo, uh, at camp Longhorn. Oh really? Really? Um, yeah. And so, and so the guy that started tags, water polo, Tex Robertson and coached the UT team, you know, started this Camp Inks Lake, I'm sorry, Camp Longhorn on Inks Lake, and it was very aquatics focused. And one of the things we did was play water polo, you know, in these, in these pools that were, you know, set out into the lake. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, we also played a version of water polo called, water polo, uh, called Watermelon Water Polo, where really? they'd grease the watermelon <laughs> you to, and they'd paint it like white. And you would just basically try to take it underwater hold on to that greased water polo ball I'm sorry water watermelon and make it down to the other end without getting drowned
0: that sounds uh, like a so that, game, that yeah that sounds like a game for swimmers that don't have any ball handling skills so there you
1: go yeah so, it was but, great and uh, but anyway so, so I started playing water polo my freshman year at st. Mark's largely because I had been injured I, I was I was a competitive tennis player, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14. And, um, but I was also, I played football in the fall. So I was the quarterback on the middle school team. And, um, and but I, got, I had to have knee surgery. My knees got messed up from tennis and football. And so I had also learned water polo, you know, at camp and I was a swimmer uh, in middle school during the winter. So I was a pretty good swimmer. So, I just dropped football and uh, took up water polo my freshman year. That's how there's, I got into it.
0: There's been plenty of people that have kind of dropped football or dropped basketball and come over to the pool, so it's been great. Yeah. Um, and I and I mean, and nowadays, you know, um, water polo is what one of the biggest sports at St. Mark's.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, the aquatics uh, program at St. Mark's, water polo and swimming. I mean, I, there's it's definitely the biggest sport at St. Mark's in terms of people. Uh, they started middle school and uh, I think there's 30 kids on the water polo team and probably more than that on the swim team.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just grown by leaps and bounds. Even, even since I've been up here for the last 10 years, it's grown like the sheer numbers. And um, now, I mean, so water polo back in the day, we already talked about a couple of rules and such that were different. You have watched water polo now and kind of grown over, like over the past couple of decades what's the primary differences but yeah, just besides the coaching and such like that from the water pole back in the seventies and the water pole nowadays?
1: Well, I mean, the, well, one, one big difference is there's so many more teams that play and there's women and there's, there's, there's girls that play. Um, so there, it's just a much bigger sport now than it was back then in terms of, uh, participation. I'd also say that the, the overall level of play is far greater. I mean, the kids are putting a lot of effort into it and we have club water polo now so kids are able to play year round so kids are getting better coaching and they're working harder at it for longer and so they're a lot better
0: so were you able the to play for
1: a lot, a lot better
0: so we we have back in the day yeah were you able to play outside your high school season kind of at all
1: no no there was no there was no club water polo in north texas until uh what, 10 years ago?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean I, I just didn't know if there was masters or not back in the day. Um, but no, I mean, it's just that, that's yeah, that's amazing that you guys were so successful and only played for what what about uh what two to three months a year. So yeah. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. But I think that was the way that everybody did it throughout the state too, because everybody then would go into swim season and then they'd have baseball or or yeah, or something in in the spring and then everybody would go do something during the summer. But I don't think there was yeah. a whole lot of people playing a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean the level of all sports was much is is much has been elevated a lot right. um, in the last forty fifty years. I mean, so um, yeah, back back in the day, it was like you know I could play I could play water polo in the fall. I'd swim in the spring, and then in, in, the, in the winter, and then this in the spring. You know, one year I played baseball, one year I played golf, one year tennis. I finished up strong as a senior with ping pong. Really? Yeah.
0: There you go. That's a little different, yeah. but that's
1: okay. a little <laughs> bit less injuries happening. Way for me to get off campus very quickly.
0: Oh, I understand. You got to find the loopholes. You got to find yeah. the loopholes. So now, like, how many teams were at the state championship back in the yeah, just back in the seventies?
1: You know, I think we had probably about uh, it was sixteen or eight. I can't remember how many exactly made it. I, I think this my senior year. I remember we played a a round robin. On Saturday and Sunday, and um, my guess is is that eight teams qualified for for uh, the state championship. And I remember we ended up uh, we lost to Clear Creek by one, and then Alamo Heights beat Clear Creek by one, and then the final game was we played Alamo Heights, and we literally scored a goal with like one second left to win by one. And so all three teams ended up with the same record and the exact same goal differential. So all of us shared the state title that year.
0: Yeah, uh, I definitely yeah. see that on. That is that everybody has to take a little bit of a double take whenever they're going up the yeah. list of the, of the former state championship. And there
1: was not enough time to keep playing. So we had to go home.
0: Oh, hey, you know what? I had yeah. been kicked out of pools before, kind of during tournaments. So, But that must have been very nice to end the end a tournament like that but a little bittersweet that you have to share it too so
1: yeah it was great I mean I remember that that game against Alamo Heights I actually wrote my college essay on that game really yeah
0: what specifically yeah. on the just
1: game? the just the it was just so dramatic just the back and forth and the physical effort that it took and and the uh, you know the twists and turns you know, and, and how it related to, you know, I I think water polo is a great sport for, 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 uh, you know, a lot of reasons. And one is that it's so difficult and you have to work so hard and and you've got to fight through stuff during a game. And, um, and if you get bad calls, you got to roll with it. Uh, And um, so that's, you know, I don't remember the exact details of my my essay but i remember it must have been a pretty good essay because it, it it got me into where i wanted to go
0: so. yeah and you went to harvard and you and you graduated in 82 and you actually started as a freshman in the club team and you guys transitioned to a varsity team for your junior year how was that overall experience yeah, so, at harvard
1: well it was really interesting we we, we played at uh, a pool a really good pool that was pretty new when I got there called uh, Blodgett. It had an indoor 50 meter pool with a separate kind of, you know, major league kind of diving well. And and the water polo team was club, but we had a lot of people that were really into it. I mean, and um, the current um, chairman of USA Water Polo, Mike Graff was actually one of our refs. So he had played when he was in graduate <laughs> school there, several years older, but he, he'd he come back and, and referee. And, um, but our swim, our, our coach was a, a, a guy who was, um, a swim coach for a local club, Belmont uh, swim club. And, um, but we had, you know, it was great. I mean, we had a really fun group of guys. It became a very much of a social thing as well.
0: Of course. Uh, we all got it always together. does in college athletics. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And, um, but it was freewheeling. I mean, we would – I won't get into too much of what we, we do, but we didn't have any supervision.
0: We, we can stick to the pool. We can stick to the pool if you like. We can yeah, stick we'll to the stick pool. to the
1: pool. But it was um, quite fun. And, uh, you know, we'd travel around and we'd play – played all the other Ivy League teams and, and uh, we'd beat them all except for Brown. Okay. Brown had a really good coach and uh, they recruited from California – um, all of my teammates were, I think when I started as a freshman, I had almost all of them from California, but we had a, a goalie from Miami and we had another guy who was also a senior when I got there, who was uh, from St. Louis, who was a really good player. Um, and I was the only Texan, um, but it was great fun. We played, you know, Iona, Fordham, Bucknell, Navy, um, all the other you know, like Duke, teams like that. And then, so,
0: so, like, so for first we'd
1: have um, UCLA or Stanford would make a trip through, uh,
0: like, New Nice.
1: And we'd play them.
0: And that was always a humbling experience, I'm sure, even back in the day, right?
1: It was a humbling experience, but we, uh, when we played UCLA, we played at Blodgett and it was on local TV. So actually scored a goal on local there, TV. Yeah. There you was, go.
0: There you go. Yeah, so we, now we
1: lost 15 to three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. You did like, like you didn't let them score 20. That's yeah. that's the main thing. So, but, yeah. um, now how did you get it going from club? You had a varsity. What was that process? Obviously you were, you were probably part of that process in the day. Yeah,
1: I was, I was, um, uh, my sophomore year, um, the, um, some of the guys a year older than me, and as well as some uh, as as me and some of my classmates decided that hey you know we're taking this pretty seriously and we're not bad you know for the east so why don't we we're playing teams like Yale was varsity at the time um, and Brown was varsity and we wanted to beat Brown badly and so we figured maybe we need to be varsity and so we petitioned the athletic department and lo and behold they said yes. And uh, we actually did have one woman on the team. That's okay. And so she played on the men's team,
0: varsity. Was she, and was she a good productive player on the men's team?
1: Yeah, she was. Yeah, I mean she wasn't very very large or anything, you know. But Which, um,
0: yeah, but she, yeah. But short, quick, and aggressive can make up for that. So
1: yeah, yeah. So um, but it was it changed quite a bit as once we became varsity. Um, and, but the other thing that we did was we had two seasons up there. So we'd play in the NCAAs in the fall, and then we'd take the winter off, and then the spring we could play club. So, and we continued that even after we were varsity. So we'd play varsity in the fall, and then we'd have our club team, you know, kind of start up in the spring. So it was, you know, a lot of water polo.
0: It was the it best was of both worlds. It was the best of both worlds. Yeah, it was. So, so you were supervised in the fall with a coach and practices, and then in the spring, uh, maybe not as supervised. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you ever get? <laughs> did you ever get Rowdy Gaines to come out and play?
1: No, Rowdy Gaines was not there, but Bobby Hackett was at Harvard.
0: Oh, I thought Rowdy Gaines was at Harvard because I know that his no. name's on the like is on the record board up there. So,
1: well. That's because I'm sure he came. I think he's. He, I think he swam for Georgia or Tennessee or something like that. Okay. Okay. Florida, but but Bobby Hackett was at Harvard, but he, he was not a water player. He was a, the best arm wrestler I ever saw.
0: Okay, that is that. Yeah, that's yeah. a little cross training. Totally that would try. actually kind of. You would think that that would transition kind of to the pool. Did he at least try it? Did he at least try water polo?
1: Never, never came out. I don't think his coach, who was uh, also his, his uh, local swim coach, Joe Bernal, was also the uh, head swim coach at Harvard. And he had Bernal's Gators. And Bobby was a product of that program. And that's why he was at Harvard. So I don't think Joe Bernal would have ever let Bobby try uh, water polo.
0: Did you let any of the swimmers ever come over?
1: Yes. OK. Well, we good. did have, we had lots of swimmers.
0: Good. That I mean,
1: lots of guys that did both.
0: And Blodgett Pool is still a very nice pool, and they have they have kept it up very well up there. Um, my one funny story from Harvard was my first year coaching of R.C. Warpole on the East Coast. This before I had even coached a game. There was a tournament at Harvard the first weekend of the season. We weren't playing, so I thought I'm going to go up to Harvard and yeah and yeah and scout my competition. So I had never been to Harvard. I had never been to Boston. So I drove up there and. This is back in the day. Whenever like I, I had to get out the MapQuest stuff, and their in like their stuff wasn't on like on their phone. And I'm driving around the Harvard campus, and I and I'm looking for any sign of a pool type thing. And I have to stop, and I asked. Uh, finally, this on this on a Saturday morning, the seventh person I asked finally knew. Oh, kind of where the pool was. The seventh person, no one else knew where the pool was at the time. And i like, really? Come on. And then it was across the river. So that's why it wasn't actually on campus. I mean, it, it was on campus, but yeah. it was, uh, like, it was, it was more adjacent to campus, but I was like, okay, they have their priority straight up here. They have their priority straight up here. <laughs> like the athletics wasn't like the biggest thing for a lot of those students there. So, but i have like, well, you know,
1: Harvard, Harvard is one of the few places where you have to learn how to swim to grow. Grab...
0: Really? Okay. I, yeah. Then I'm shocked that there weren't more people that, uh, that uh, that um, that had the ability to, uh, um, to to know where the pool was, but that's okay. we've reached the halfway point of today's podcast, and we'll return after this. In many podcasts, this time would be filled with ads for electric toothbrushes or recruiting services. Not here. Instead, we're asking you to show your support for TX Water Polo by donating to it go to txwaterpolo.com donate and help us continue covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr, and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water polo Podcast. Now, part two of today's show. But uh, now, after Harvard... Um, you went and worked and became very successful in the business world and kind of made your way back to, to North uh, Texas and eventually started playing again for Dallas Water Bowl. So how'd that happen?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I, I, uh, I spent about four years in New York after graduating from, from college and, um, and then came back down to Dallas in 86 and, um, and worked in, in the investment business which I still do and um but I you know I stopped playing water polo when I was 22 and then I started again 22 years later when I was 44 and the reason was is my kids one of my daughters was getting tutored by a math teacher at St. Mark's for math okay and she was married to Mihai Oprea really I didn't, so I didn't know, that. know that is that is I amazing. didn't know and so but I knew he was a swimming and water polo coach. And I knew, I think I'd met him once. So I knew he was from Romania and um, but I didn't really know him. And we started talking about water polo. I said, oh boy, you know, I wish I could play now because you know, when I was 26, I started wearing glasses and now I wear contacts and you know, there's no way I'm gonna get in the pool with a bunch with glasses on
0: yeah. and my
1: contacts <laughs> are gonna wash out. And then that was my perception. Yeah, okay. And she said, no. What are you talking about? Lots of people were play water polo contacts on. I said, "Really?" And she said, "Yeah, you should come out. Call me high. So I did, and he told me about Dallas Water Polo Club. So I came out. So it's just a serendipitous meeting with uh, Janice, Oprea, who basically got me back into water polo.
0: And you don't say no to Janice. So, no, no, yeah. like if she wants you to go play, you're going to go play for sure. So no, that's no. I didn't know that story, actually. So um, and then how was it getting back into the pool? There's no flags on the pool deck. There's no switching in center defense. It's a whole different game.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's, in one way, it was like riding a bike again. But unfortunately, it was like riding a bike like a three-year-old. Um <laughs> and uh because you know I, I remembered how to do things how to do the egg beater and how to swim and how to shoot and so forth and so on but you know i had never really been trained by a great by a real by a, a real water polo coach yeah. so i was more like a, you know I, I just figured it out kind of and um but it was really fun because there were people like Mihai, i can't say enough about what people like Mihai Oprea have done for water polo in the state and Frank Connor and Andreas Rodriguez and George Fenton and all these, all the people who had been, you know, with Dallas water polo from the time that Mihai kind of came to the United States. He, I think he, I think, I don't remember if he started it, but he got involved and they had some really, really good teams before yeah. I was
0: even involved. Okay. And, and they, um, and, and they still have some good teams still. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it was great because there were people on those teams that I, you know, when I started, I mean, I had to used to like the first six months, I'd have to ice my shoulders after almost every time <laughs> getting in the water because, you know, I just was not used to swimming. It was, it was 22 swimming.
0: years. It was 22 years. Yeah. So there you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it was great, you know, with a, within a reasonably short period of time, you know, I kind of got into the flow pretty well. And, um, got to play a lot of water polo against most of the teams in Texas, but we've, you know, taken a lot of trips to other places as well, Chicago and California and so forth and so on. So it's been fun.
0: I actually played at that tournament in Chicago. That was a long time ago. Jeez. I remember that. So um, now, I mean, also kind of, you, like you, you came back and played master water polo and you mentioned George Fenton, who kind of led the way as far as the, like, starting and getting a lot more youth water polo going back in 2009. How did you – kind of what part did you play and how did you get involved or or kind of how did George get uh, you involved then?
1: So, back, so I guess um, you're going to have to remind me exactly what year it was. So I think I started playing Dallas Masters in 2004, and I'm guessing it was maybe 2009 or so.
0: Yep, yep. That is when we started youth water polo.
1: And at that time it was still only us up, you know, it was Dallas water polo club masters. It was St. Mark's and maybe one or two other high schools in North Texas. Right. correct. Right. That was the all the only water polo we had.
0: Yeah. There was, there the was uh, there was South Lake Carroll played boys and girls and then Denton kind of played a combined boys and girls.
1: Right. So there was very little water polo. I mean, SMU wasn't playing anymore. And, um, and george came to me and he said i i want to start a a junior program within dallas water polo club and i think we should hire joe Linehan from houston and bring him up here to do it and i don't know if you had already talked to george about this idea at that point i think you had i think you yeah. and george had already worked this stuff out and george wanted me to help pay for it and i said Absolutely, I'd love to do that. Even though the only thing I know about Joe is what I saw on the pool deck from the other side.
0: I was a little a yeah. Of, I, can a of, I can be loud.
1: A lot of, a lot of, a lot of very assertive coaching going on there.
0: But I and, yeah but I, yeah. But our teams were competitive and well coached and stuff like that. Yeah, they
1: were, and uh, very very well coached and very competitive. Mm-hmm. And um, I also knew that you had been, you know, you were basically one of these water polo animals that eat, sleep, and drink water polo, and You'd done a great job of growing the sport in Houston. So made a lot of sense. And so uh, we brought you, you know, George and I partnered on this endeavor uh from a financial standpoint. And um we brought you up here and the rest is history.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's I mean, and I and I appreciate you stepping up and um it was a it was a challenge coming up here. Yeah, for sure. And it was, but I also kind of see it as a blank, of like a blank canvas and without the support of you and George and the community, it would not have happened. And it, this was a, this was a huge kind of a team effort. Yeah. Yeah. By far. And you were a big part of that. So I, so I thank you. So any of those athletes that played back in the day or are playing now, it is because of the decisions of George and Houston and some others that were involved to actually, um, uh, kind of make a concerted effort. We are going to build our junior water polo program here. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, guys like, uh, like, I, like I mentioned, Mihai and, and Andres Rodriguez and Frank Connor was huge. And all the people that have that have refereed and helped coach, you know, that really yeah. started, that were part of the Dallas water polo club. So yeah, I think exactly. the Masters community up here has um, deserved a lot of credit. And now the wonderful
0: part is that a lot of those players that played back in 2009 or after are now coming back and playing now for Dallas water Pole club. Exactly.
1: So all these kids that I got to know when they were fifth grade or sixth grade or seventh grade at St. Mark's went yeah. on to win state championships and go play at Brown or, or, you know, Cal or, you know, Navy or wherever they went are now coming back.
0: So, and, as a uh, so as a masters player back in those days, like especially the early days, you know whenever we were kind of ramping up all the events around the state and such, how was it going and playing as Dallas to go play like a Viper Pigeon team or a Thunder team or a St. Mark's team and going oh, I have to play these guys again. <laughs> you know, it was um
1: it was really fun actually because uh the Saint, the, the the high school kids did not like to lose to us oh no and, and i remember hearing you hearing you and other coaches saying those guys are old enough to be your parents
0: yeah. and <laughs> swim them swim them, swim them, swim <laughs>
1: them. And, and so our whole strategy was to hold on
0: yeah exactly we also tell them they're just going to hold you just keep moving yeah. they will let go
1: <laughs> and uh you know and and, and we've and and mostly we beat teams but we're not always and uh and it was it was really challenging, and to play uh, people that were in shape, you know, because we never were in very good shape, and uh, and still aren't in great shape. But um,
0: that's masters water polo, though. So yeah, masters just-
1: water polo. You know, we try, but I mean, it's hard when you practice them for an hour or two a week. Um, and um, but yeah, it's 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 great to see the kids, you know, get better, you know, and uh, and they get it's just unbelievable how much better they get if they if they play water polo for four years or much less eight years
0: you know and, and uh year round at that too so
1: yeah and at year round so it's been really gratifying to see a bunch of kids um, really get into water polo and and grow you know individually and have their teams get better and have them kind of catch the water polo bug and go on to play either in their colleges or with master's teams, come back, get involved in coaching, get involved in refing, play with us, play against us. So it's fun. It's been very fun. No,
0: oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, like, like, again, I appreciate all the effort and time back in the early days of, of the North Texas Water Poll. And then after getting involved a little bit at the local level, somehow you got talked into or somebody said, hey, Houston, come on over here. What about the okay. USA Water Polo Board of Directors? How did that happen?
1: Well, um, I think what happened was because I was, uh, I'd been playing masters for a while. Of course I was a USA water polo member. Um, and back in around 2009, back when we started the, the youth program at Dallas water polo, you know, a couple of years after that, you know, um, there was kind of a, a changing of the guard at USA water polo around the same time that we, you came up to get to, yeah. to, to dallas yeah and uh, mike graf and and um a few others bill smith um uh joined the board and uh, of course mike is an old harvard guy i remember him from then and uh, chris ramsey became the ceo and then, and then i remember i think uh i started paying attention to usa waterpolo, and i saw what they were doing and they were making you know, really turning it around fundamentally, and uh, I got to know the guys a little bit, and I, I uh, and then after a while, you know, it occurred to me that, uh, and and them that, um, I think you'd been at Dallas for. And then you you started Thunder, you know, at this time. So so Dallas Water Polo Club Junior Program kind of became Thunder, and 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 various other clubs. I can't remember the exact iterations that we had. And it, the sport was really growing in North Texas, and we wanted to continue to grow that. So, um, I talked to USA Water Polo about potentially bringing you on to USA Water Polo, actually. Yeah. And this is something that you and I talked about as well. And so, I joined the board, and you know, made some financial commitments to USA Water Polo to uh, fund the development of the sport, you know, in Texas. Beyond just what we were doing with Thunder and, and so forth, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. Does that does that ring a bell to you?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think you were on the board, and and then the and yeah, and then it came up. So where where can we kind of put some effort into growing the sport outside of California? And then Texas right. came up, and uh, yeah. And, yeah. You, and So it turns you out that our there.
1: that our you know USA Water Polo had. Financial situation, USA Water Polo had improved dramatically. The sport had been growing. I mean, their mission was to win medals in international competition and to grow the sport, and it dovetailed very, very closely with what we wanted to do in Texas, starting in North Texas, and uh, and so um, the idea was to have a Texas Development Fund, which we started at USA Water Polo, that would essentially fund all your activities. And, and, you know, bringing in new events, you know, seeding clubs, uh, trying to get UIL sanctioning.
0: Of course, that was a huge, huge All the huge things staff.
1: you've been working on the last many, many years. Um, USA WaterPole had, a, I think, a role in that. I mean,
0: Obviously, of course, yeah, well, of course.
1: Through your, through your hand, uh, mostly. And, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. I've been on the USA WaterPole board for almost five years now. And uh, I can't say enough about, you know, the staff there, the leadership, the board. I mean, it's, it's a a very, very well-run organization with very good governance, very strong financial uh, footings. I think it, you know, has done a great job of growing the sport um, the last 10 years. And, you know, I think there's a lot, I mean, they see Texas as probably the top market for growth. And now that we've, you know, your efforts and the efforts of people like Chris Cullen and others and, and Scott Slay and just all the people that have been working on this in Texas for years. You know, we get the UIL sanctioning and, um, you know, COVID notwithstanding, which is, I think, is a road bump, only a road bump. Um, we're going to be starting, you know, high school varsity water polo in the fall of 21.
0: Yeah it it is it, it is exciting. I am still continuing to talk to athletic directors and coaches. <clears throat> uh, obviously the covid thing has kind of put like kind of kind of took, kind of tempered a little bit of the momentum but um I think people are still excited. I still think the UIL is excited. Um and it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I am really excited. It's going to be it's we we're, we're probably going to have about 200 teams that are playing high school water polo. Um then that's just going to make the need for clubs more and more and more and we talk about you know I this is what I talk about I go I don't want to just be compared to California I want us to be as big as California someday now that's not going to happen in a year or two years or maybe not even 10 years but we are now moving in that direction and there's a lot of momentum going there and I don't think this COVID thing's going to be any more than a speed bump kind of like you said so yeah
1: I totally agree. I mean, you and I have always been right on the same page. Yeah. And that's why it's been such a pleasure working with you.
0: And, and I do appreciate all the effort and yeah. time uh, that, yeah, that you volunteer with the USA Polo Board of Directors, with the Dallas back in the day. And also, aren't you uh, locally on the board with Trident and Pegasus as well?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, some, you know, again, Peg, I'm, I'm involved with Pegasus. Um and so Nicola uh, came to me, I don't know, three or four years ago.
0: Yep. He's, you
1: know, an old water polo guy from Montenegro in Germany and a doctor and
0: via yeah. Pittsburgh. Uh, via Pittsburgh.
1: And Pittsburgh and had had you know had you know started water polo clubs and wanted his kids to play and and uh wanted to start a and a cat, a water polo academy modeled along <laughs> modeled along a European kind of model with, you know, real emphasis on fantastic coaching. And I said, "That sounds great. I'm in." And so helped him get back going. I brought in um, Tom Dalton, another Masters player, oh, yeah. who had played um, in 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 uh, New Mexico growing up and wanted to get back to the sport. And he became. The CFO, I'm the vice president. We're both on the board. Nicola is the president. We hired uh we brought in uh Spencer Dornan.
0: Great coach. Great coach.
1: Fantastic a, coach who would a play. Fantastic person too. Pardon me?
0: An even better person. So
1: great person. And um he became the coach and now you know Pegasus has grown to be, you know, I think we we actually rolled Dallas water polo into pegasus so now we're kind of a group within pegasus
0: that and is so that is have, that is that is some symmetry there isn't it yeah
1: yeah I mean. it is and uh, so so george fenton no longer has to worry about the administrative duties of dallas water polo
0: he can and, travel uh, the world he can travel the yeah. world now.
1: and uh, so yeah it's been great i mean we've got i don't know 15 coaches we're at three three or four pools we're, we're over 80 kids now like almost all of those are under 16. Um, we're going to be feeding local high school teams with our t- with our players, like Highland Park and Jesuit, and hopefully other teams like Highlands and and, and and so yeah, the Dallas ISD know, teams, and well, such yeah, the ISD teams. So we have our mission at Pegasus is to is to provide great coaching, um, and 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 teach as many kids possible the game of water polo. And, and all the great things that come with that. And so we're definitely in a growth mode. I mean, I think one of the things I've been noodling about with Pegasus and USA water polo is how do we how do we, you know, tap into some of the other high schools that have traditionally not played water polo, some of the maybe less socioeconomically advantaged areas of, of the state um, with scholarship programs and so forth. Like, and so forth and so on so that's kind of my next my next mission um once we get you know really going here again and uh and uil is upcoming i think there's there's ways that we can leverage what we have right now which is a great platform you know at pegasus and other clubs around the around the state and in usa water polos uh resources as well to try to you know bring the sport to a you know, more diverse you
0: know, group of kids. Yeah. I mean, uh, kind of people always go, Joe, y'all have done such a good job down in Texas. I go, yes, we have, but there's just so much more work to do. And the, and the, and the socioeconomic and the disadvantage, that's just one aspect. There's just so many places still to grow in Texas. Yeah. And we, and we couldn't, we as coaches and, the athletes we can kind of have kind of done it without people like you involved kind of behind the scenes and now up front with the usa water polo board directors um houston thank you so much for doing the interview today i do appreciate it it's been a
1: pleasure thanks for having me on joe and um keep up the great work
0: i do appreciate yeah uh take care and i hope you all get back and i get to see you on the pool deck soon and that's it for today our thanks to houston hall for his time speaking with joe last week and thank you for listening and for your continued support of TX Water Polo. Until next time, so long from Austin. P Sports LLC. My dog is scratching at the door. Uh, I can start. hear him.